Uh, my name is Eric Montoya, Pastor of the Grove, and we're thrilled you're here today. Before we jump into today's message, I just want to say welcome to all those listening to podcasts and all those on Facebook Live joining in. Uh, we're glad you're with us today. Hope uh, you guys are inspired. And uh, everybody else in the theater, I hope you guys just are encouraged today as you leave, uh, knowing that uh, we have a God who loves us and cares for us. Uh, we just finished a series called We Were All Blank, and it was really a setup, uh, really for the election, really for us as a church to be the, the church that God wants us to be in Santa Fe. Uh, when we can see others the way, uh, when we see ourselves in a healthy way and see others, it helps us to, to, to have better relationships. And it's really just a, a setup for the, for the election coming forward, saying as a church, how can we be a church that really loves people and cares for people? And so this week, we're going to kick off a new series for the, this month that's called Better Than That. And I'm excited for, uh, for, for this, this, this series because it's going to help us in, to keep the right perspective in life. Uh, how many of you guys know Tuesday's coming, and that's going to be a big deal for our, for our nation, right? And so a lot of people are like, I can't wait to be done. Uh, some people are like, I, I, I can't wait to, I've, I've been done last year. Like it's been going on for too long. Um, it's been crazy. So well, we're going to talk a little about that today. Um, and, and at the end, here's, here's, here's the thing. At the end of the service, if you're new to church, you're new, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a part of something better than, than politics, better than whatever's happening in our world, uh, and be, give you an invitation to join God in, in, the, in the journey of life. He's going to help you. So if you're new to church, uh, there's good news. At the end, I'm going to, give you an opportunity to be a part of something that's bigger than that, Uh, bigger than the Republican Party and bigger than the Democratic Party. We're going to just be able to to hopefully answer some questions today uh, in in your life that will encourage you and help you. So what we said in in, in July, I showed a video from a pastor in in, – from Atlanta, he did a, it was it was, a, it was a, a message on politics, and and a couple of things in the message that that he talked about, and then we kind of shared and, and went over was this this election season. Um, how can we do do good as as Christ followers as a church? Uh, what can we do to to help others around us to be healthy and have healthy relationships? We said two things that were really important. We said this: make sure we put people before politics as a church, as individuals. When we put people before politics, we make better. Uh, decisions um, in life. So we said, put people before politics. And we said, don't, don't give away influence unnecessarily. Uh, because everything we, we say, everything we post, everything, every interaction we have, we could potentially be le- losing influence in other people's lives. So let's not give that unnecessarily. Let's not uh, lose control, lose our emotions, whatever. And we've talked about that. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday's coming. We're going to have a new president. And, and during this time, um, don't give away influence in people's lives unnecessarily. When it comes to posting, holidays are coming up. Don't give up influence through conversations unnecessarily in the holidays. Guard yourself. Watch yourself um, in your conversations. Uh, we're, we're, uh, so today we're going to talk a little about that. How, how can we um, rise above whatever comes our way this week? Because there's going to be a lot of stuff coming this week. Uh, they did a poll a while back, and, and they, asked, they asked Americans about the, the election. And 65% said, I don't want either of the candidates. Like, I don't want any of them. And so majority of the U.S. was saying, I didn't even want these two in the, to begin with. And, and a lot of those people actually say, have even been saying, I'm not even going to go vote because I don't believe in, in this and I don't want either of them. Don't forget, it's just not about those two. There's other things that are happening in our state and our nation that, that we have to vote for also. So be important. Make sure you do that. Um, as Americans, it's a privilege. It's a right. It's, it's a privilege that we have, a huge privilege to be able to, to speak into uh, the health of our nation. So make sure if you haven't already, make sure you vote. We'll talk a little about that, what filters to use when we're voting. As, 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 a, as a church, um, we, we don't get very political. Uh, we're more apolitical where we don't, we're not going to endorse, take a side as a church. That's not, that's not our primary purpose as a church. Our church is to help people connect to God and move forward. 
Uh, but as an American, we will, we will help us to say, what, what is our role as Americans? Uh, in fact, um, you know, I, I'm an American. I'm proud to be an American. Um, I love that I, the fact that God let me be born in this nation. It's a blessed nation, a wonderful nation. Uh, we have our flaws, but, but we have an amazing story as a nation. In fact, I don't know how many of you can say this, but I love America so much, my name is in the, in the, in the name, right? So I'm like, I am American, just so you guys know. I'm for our nation. I'm for, I'm for this week. Um, <laughs> this, this election, uh, people, I've heard people say it's not so much who they're voting for. It's more like I'm voting against that person. Isn't I, I, I there's nobody to vote for, but I definitely don't want that person in. And it's become more of that. I'm not going to, I'm voting against somebody, not for somebody, which is, which is really sad. Cause I, I know for me personally, I would love to say this is the person I am voting for. I want to vote for this person, not just, I want to stop that person. Um, but it's become that one, one, one guy, he joked at me, he said, could, could the VPs just be like the tiebreaker, you know, since like nobody wants the other two, let's just, can, could the VPs be the tiebreaker here? Um, I thought it was pretty funny. Um, and so it was just a joke, but when it comes to politics and so I'm going to talk a little about it. And here's the thing. I want us to be able to know that there's something better than uh, whatever we face this week. And we'll get to that eventually, but I want to just talk a little about, um, our, our role as Christians, our role as, for me, um, as, as an American, as a father, as, as a pastor, what are, what are those filters I'm using to do this to, to, when, as I approach Tuesday and as, I, if I, as I've gone into this election season? Um, I don't want to give up um, influence unnecessarily, so I'm really careful about what I say, how I say it. Um, uh, things, things, things have changed in our nation in the last few years. Uh, over, over the last 50 years, a lot of things have been changing, especially as for, for me as a pastor. Um, laws that have been changed. We'll talk a little about that. Uh, John Adams, one of our founding fathers, he said this about our nation. This was 200, uh, 250 years ago, just about 250 years ago. He said this. He said, there is nothing which I dread so much as a division of the republic into two great parties. Uh, so our, our nation, we're a republic. Don't ever forget that's a really important uh, detail to who we are as a nation. Um, a lot of people say we're a democracy. We're not a true democracy. We are a republic, uh, which is why we've lasted this long, in my opinion, because we are we, we are governed by laws and by a constitution, not just by popular opinion. Uh, democracy is popular opinion. Republic is saying our laws are going to govern us, and our founding fathers were brilliant when they wrote the constitution. It's helped us survive this long. Even though we're a young nation, it's helped us get this far. Um, but he said this. I'll continue on, John Adams. Uh, there's nothing I dread so much as the division of the republic into two great parties, each arranged under its leader, and concerning measures in opposition to each other. We see this, right? This is happening today. This, in my humble apprehension, is to be the dread is to be dreaded as the greatest political evil under our constitution. We cannot have a bad governor at present. We may not possibly have the best that might be found, but we shall have a good one, one who who means to do no evil to his country, but as much good as he can. Uh, so he wrote this in a letter to. Uh, to Jonathan Jackson, 1780. Uh, he, he was saying the, the greatest uh, thing that he dreads the most is having two parties that are, that are opposite things, using that to try to get the nation divided. Um, Abraham Lincoln, he said, we have a great nation and we will not be destroyed from without. Like there's not gonna be other countries that come in because we have a really strong nation, but we, we will be destroyed from within. And we see that this is happening even today, uh, not just with politics, but even with, with um, um, ethnicities, things like that are, our nation is divided in many different ways. Um, and if, if, if a nation, if we're going to be healthy and make it, we have to learn to be united, to, to look beyond the things that, that are, are different and say, what, what are the things that are, that are common? What are, well, you're a human. I'm a human. Right? We want the best for our kids, for our future. Let's look beyond some of those things. In fact, you've heard the saying, united we stand, divided we fall, right? 
So as a nation, we, as, as Americans, our nation won't crumble unless we're, we're uh, divided. If we can unite, man, we'll, we'll have a good chance for the future to move forward. What, what's interesting about this, this quote being um, that we fall when we're divided is there's an enemy that we have, and, and it's not the red, and it's not the blue, uh, it's not the green, it's not any political party. They're not the enemy. Anybody that votes for those ways, they are not the enemy. The Bible says we have a real enemy. His name is Satan. Um, and one of the names the Bible gives the enemy is devil. And devil means a divider. Some, his, his objective is to divide and conquer marriages, families, nations, churches. He wants to divide and conquer. Like if he can't stop them from the outside and, and bring resistance, he'll try to get inside and bring division to, to families, to individuals, even to churches and to nations. And he wants to divide. That is his strategy. Uh, so our enemy is not, it's not a specific party, um, even though sometimes it feels like that, right? It, it is... It, the enemy is, is the divider. He is the original, trying to bring division in our relationship with each other and with God. Uh, another, another smart um, politician, man, uh, James Garfield, the 20th president, before he was elected president, he said this when he was a congressman. He said, now more than ever before, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because the people demand these high qualities to represent them in the national legislature. If the next centennial does not find us a great nation, it will be because those who represent the enterprise, the culture, and the morality of the nation do not aid in controlling the political forces. What he's saying is it's, it's, it's up to us. Like our, our government is a reflection of us as a nation. And so whether by default or by our choice, who we get is up to us and, 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 and what we vote. You need to vote. I'm saying this is part of this thing, is, and we'll talk about even as, 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 um, as Christian, our role. We, we need to vote. Make sure you get out and vote. And a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't want to vote. Well, don't forget, it's not just about presidents. That's important. There's also other people that are running, and uh, if your voice isn't heard, then um, you won't have a difference in, in putting the people that we want in, in office. So get out and vote. Um, get out and vote. It's important. I think, I think um, anyways, we'll move on to that. As we move into Tuesday and we move into even the future of, of, of our nation and our, our church, our family, we're going to move into, into different seasons of our life. And sometimes we'll find ourselves surrounded by circumstances that we didn't like, that we didn't ask for. Um, in some cases, a circumstance that we really wished we had, and we're in the middle of it. Well, here's what I want you to know. When you find yourself in a situation, whether it's something you didn't want or something you did want, um, it's going to reveal something to you. All right? Circumstances, they don't create the condition of our heart, but they reveal the condition of our heart. When you find yourself in a difficult situation, a circumstance, that, that, that's not going to create your heart, the condition of your heart. It's only going to reveal what's already there um, when you go into something. So Tuesday's going to come. People are going to vote. Wednesday, we're going to have a new president. Um, that's going to be a circumstance. You're going to find yourself either with um, some majority of the people that voted for that person. And you're going to be in that part, and you're going to be like, yeah, they won. The person I voted for is great. Or you're going to find yourself on the other side saying, my candidate I voted for didn't win. And you're going to be in this circumstance of, well, I did choose or I didn't. All that's going to do is reveal the condition of your heart already now. So you can be a, a good loser um, or you can be a bad loser. You can be a good winner or you can be a, a bad winner. Um, and, and all that's going to do is reveal the condition of your heart, really what's there. So pay attention uh, this, this week. Pay attention to, to your heart, to your emotions. Are you getting angry? Are you being boastful? Are you being proud? Are you being envious? What are the emotions that come out with that? Um, and and how, can we, how can we do it? This is the question I want to address this, this week is how can we get through this week without losing our peace? How can we get to this week? Next Sunday we come and we're like, man, it was good. Things happen either the way I wanted them to happen or things happen the way I didn't want them to happen, but it's all good. Like it's, it's, it, there's something better than all of this that we're facing going on. 
Um, one, one of the things I love about the Bible is there's good news in every situation that, that, that people found themselves. Uh, this, this Wednesday, when we find ourselves in a situation we like or don't like, uh, there's good news in that. And God will use whatever happens in our nation for good. He could turn around even the worst of things into something very good and something beautiful. Uh, I'm going to read a, a passage from Daniel, the book of Daniel. Daniel and his friends were taken from, um, Jerusalem, from, from Israel, and they're put in, in, in a foreign nation under a foreign king, stripped of all their rights. They even got t- their names are taken away and given new names. And they, they, were, they were trained in all of the, the arts and religion of this other nation, and they were placed there because um, they were smart. They found it to be really smart, so they, they put them in, in, in leadership. And in this process, the king comes out to all his, his um, um, people that, that, were, that were with Daniel, and he says, God, he said, I had this dream, and he said, um, I want you to interpret the dream for me, and if you don't, I'm going to kill you all. And that's essentially what, the, what he said to these, these, these wise men. Um, and so, so the, the guys were like, well, can you at least tell us the dream? He's like, no. He's like, if your God is God, then you can, you can tell me the dream, and, and we'll figure it out. And so all the guys are freaking out. And so Daniel goes to his friends and says, we need to pray, ask God to reveal what's, what's here so that we can, uh, we can move forward with our lives and not die. And so God reveals the dream to Daniel and the meaning to it. And this is what he says. It's essentially his prayer or his praise right after God reveals the dream to him. In Daniel 2.20, it says this. He says, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. So Daniel's in a very um, horrible situation. It's not a good circumstance, right? And, and he's in a nation he didn't choose. He's not able to worship the God he wants to worship. Like, like he's able to worship, but they're, they're, they're pulling him to worship something different, to believe something different. And God reveals, and he says, in the middle of this horrible situation, he says, praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals the deep and mysterious things and knows all and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he's surrounded by light. You know, no, it, um, I'll continue on. I thank and praise you, God, my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You've told me what we asked, asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. So he's saying God's going to reveal these things. You know, one of the things that we see in our nation is we're very divided. Uh, we, see, we see the extremes. Um, one of the things I've been disappointed in is, is even the, the media and social media. Uh, it's, you can see the, the, that they, they've chose sides, and it's one-sided. Uh, whether you're watching conservative or you're watching um, uh, liberal media, you can see that it's very obvious of, of who, they're, who they're promoting, who they're pushing. And one of the things I, that we have to understand is journalism is no longer journalism like it used to be. It is all about, it's all about money now. Um, every, every media outlet, newspapers, um, um, news, news, news TV, they're owned by a corporation. And corporations are all about money and making money. And so they, they write the stories and they promote the stories that are going to sell, that are going to make money. Not always the healthiest stories, not always the best stories, stories that make us angry, that want to, you know, engage, that pull us into the conversation. Why? Because they want to make money. Uh, they've changed things. I recently read a book about journalism and just the changes that's kind of happened. Um, it's sad. And so here's my, my thing. Social media, um, what you watch, don't believe everything you hear. There's an agenda behind it, and they want you to buy into their agenda. They want to accomplish what they accomplished. I mean, you can just, if you go on and just, just Google, you know, a conservative polls, what they're saying about who's winning their election. It's one, they, like they've determined, they've won. Here's the polls. You go to another one, uh, the opposite view, and it's like, 
the polls are in and they won. And it's like, how can these two people say the opposite things that, that the, 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 they've researched and it's, they're both opposite? They both have an agenda. And, and, and we have to be careful and, and move beyond that. So here's the good news, though. And I don't want to get too heavy with this today because there, there's better news than, than what we're facing as a nation. God has something better. Daniel, in his story, God used Daniel to do amazing things to help the people of Israel move forward. And God wants to use you and I this week and in the future to do amazing things all for people all around us if we'll pay attention and not miss out on what he's wanting to do in our lives. Another story where people find themselves in a, in a, in a circumstance that they might not have liked. They were in exile. The people of Israel were in exile. In Jeremiah 29, is, um, this is what God speaks to them. He says, so you find yourself in this circumstance you don't like. Um, here what I'll, here's what I want to speak to you. So Jeremiah 29, 4, it says, This is what the Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel, says to all the captives as he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. So just catch that too. God allowed this to happen. He's trying to teach them, teach them a lesson, trying to help them get back on track. Like he's allowing these things to happen. He says, build homes and plan to stay, plant gardens, and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Don't dwindle away. Like he's saying, live a life of hope. Like continue moving forward. Don't, don't get freaked out by these circumstances that you're in. Don't, don't lose sight of what's bigger than just what you find yourself in. And he says this, And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you in exile. Pray, for the Lord, pray to the Lord for it, for, it is, for its welfare will determine your welfare. So he's saying as our responsibility where we find ourselves is to seek the peace of your city, of your nation, of your country. He's saying you should seek for that. Because when we pray for the peace of that, 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 that our welfare as a nation will determine our welfare as individuals. It's important we seek the peace of the city. It's important that we do our job as, 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 as citizens of, of this great nation to vote, to, to make sure our opinion is heard, to be a part of that, to seek God in this, uh, that he would, he would help us. But here's these people living in a foreign land, and God is saying there's still something good. You know, there's a story in the Bible, Joseph, he was uh, sold into slavery. His, his brothers um, pretended that they killed him and sold him into slavery, and a horrible story. And if you read the story, you're like, man, how family members like hated their brothers so much, they sold him into slavery. And, and at the end of the story, this is what he says. He says, what you intended for evil, God turned around for good. So whatever happens this week, the good news is whatever takes place, God wants to do something good out of it. And he wants to help us in, in, in this journey and on this process to hear what he's saying and doing. The thing we can't do is lose perspective about who we are, our identity, and, and, and what's really important. Uh, I heard a, there's a story I love to tell. It's a story about this, this rabbi. He's walking home one day after going around teaching. Um, and as, as he's walking home, he's, he's engaged in this, this time of conversation with God, a prayer time. And so he's praying and he's talking and he comes to this fork in the road. And as he's praying and talking to God about whatever he's talking about, he goes right instead of left. And so as, after a while, he's, he's, he realizes, like, oh, man, I, I wonder if I took the wrong turn. And before he knows it, it's starting to get a little darker. And he finds himself in, the, in, front, of this, in front of a big wooden fence, wooden gate. And he gets there and he begins to think, oh, man, I, I'm certain I took the wrong turn now. And, and he's, 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 he's thinking about what, what, what happened, where, where he went wrong. And as he's sitting there in front of this, this fence, this voice from above sounds off and says, Who are you? What are you doing here? And the rabbi thinks, Wow, that's a great question. His mind, he's like, Who am I doing? What am I doing here? And he starts thinking, Well, I, I'm a rabbi. I took the wrong turn. I'm lost, I guess. And, and, and before he can answer, and he's just thinking in his thoughts, the voice comes from above again. Who are you? And what are you doing here? And he thinks, I have a great question to ask him back. How much do they pay you to ask that question? The Roman centurion from above, he responds, Two denarii a week, Jew, why? And the rabbi responds, I'll give you double the amount of that money if you'll come to my house every morning and ask me those two questions. 
Who are you? And what are you doing here? If we're going to escape this week from, from losing our peace, we have to be able to answer these two questions. If you want to have a significant life and you want to find yourself at the end of it happy about what you accomplished, you have to answer these two questions. This rabbi knew the importance of that question. It was so important that he said, would you come to my house and ask me that every single day? Who are you? And what are you doing here? When I go into this election, I'm not shaking about what happens because I know who I am and I know what I'm doing here. There's a, there's a few filters that I want to talk about that we need to use going into this election. And not just the election, but it's bigger than that, just in life in general. There's three filters that we use to make decisions. The first filter is a personal filter. How does this benefit me? How is this going to make me feel good? What's in it for me? Most people will use this filter and they stop with this. Uh, some of the candidates that were running for, uh, for, for in, the, in, in the race, you know, they were offering a lot of these grand things and, and, and a lot of free stuff. You know, things aren't free. It costs somebody something, right? So we're either going to borrow the money, or we're going to borrow from the future, or we're going, to borrow, we're going to take it from somebody to be able to give those free things. It, it just doesn't happen. But people will use that first filter. Well, it's free. It's, I'm in for that. It's going to benefit me. Let's, let's, let's vote for that, that person because it's going to benefit me. And a lot of people will use that first filter to make decisions. When you, make that, when you use that filter, the, the, the difficulty of this one is, yeah, you might have something instant and something that's good right then, but what's it really going to cost down the road? second filter we can use is, is the other, other's filter. This would be the think three. So we make decisions by saying, all right, I'm about to do something. How is this going to affect my kids? Like I'm about to make a decision. All right, there's something in front of me, good or bad. How is this going to affect my kids? A good thing, how, I'm going to invest my money. How, how is this going to affect my kids? I'm going to have an affair with somebody. How is this going to affect my kids and my grandkids? When we use that filter, we're more likely to make even better decisions with our life. When we're voting this week, when we begin to think not just myself and what's good for me and what I think, but how is this going to affect my kids and my grandkids, we'll begin to make better decisions if we begin to use this filter in our life when it comes to decisions we have in front of us. When you vote on Tuesday, if you haven't voted, how is this vote and this person going to affect my grandkids and, and even their kids after them? Second filter. The third filter we use, and this would be my, my filter as a pastor, as, as a Christ follower, is the kingdom of God filter. I think this is the most important filter that, that many people don't use. Um, it, it goes beyond the first one and the second one. And the, the, this is the third filter, is the kingdom of God. Like, so who am I and what am I doing here? Well, I'm an, I, the personal filter is I'm an American. Like, I'm, I am American. I, I love America. The second filter is well, I'm a father and I'm a husband. How does this affect the people around me? The third filter is I'm saying, well, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a pastor. So these decisions I make, they have to, I have to use wisdom in them because it's going to affect people around me. And when we begin to understand that, that that third filter really is the most important filter we can use in life, we'll make decisions not just affect me and my, my kids and my grandkids, but we'll, use, we'll make decisions that's going to impact people for eternity. And how many of you know that's what it's really about? So there's going to be a day that America will no longer exist. It's a great nation, but there will be a day it no longer exists. Like every other great nation in the history of the world. Something happens, something came, they rise and they fall. But you know what's going to continue on? The kingdom of God. Forever and ever and ever. Yeah, we can clap, we can clap for that. That's good. The kingdom of God is going to go on. When I use this filter, I'm more likely to make decisions that are going to impact people for eternity. This is why the grove exists. Because we're saying it's better than red and it's better than blue. It's better than that. Something so, so much better than that. Don't, don't lose sight. Who are you and what are you doing here? Who are you and what are you doing here? When you, when, when, when you answer those, those questions only through the personal filter, well, it's all about me. And I'm going to live it up for myself. Who cares about anybody else? You'll make a lot of unwise choices and you'll have a lot of regret in your life. 
When you use a second filter, who am I? What am I doing here? You'll begin to answer that by saying, well, I, I, have, I have responsibility for those around me. And if you use that third filter of saying, who am I? What I'm doing here? You're going to say, God, what, what do you have? What purposes do you have for my life? How can, how can I accomplish what, what you created me to only accomplish? Like we talked about last week, right? And what was great is last week at our growth track, um, we, had, we had five team members who came and signed up. We have five new team members this week that came early to help set up and help greet. That's pretty awesome. So welcome team members, all you guys that, that came. Good job. I see you. Yeah, waving. That's awesome. They, they're beginning to discover, like, God has a greater purpose for me than just, just being in it for me. How can I help others? How can I serve others? How can I go forward with this? So the enemy wants to divide. And as, as a church, um, as I read Facebook posts, in, our, in, in, our, in this theater right now, there are people who are for one candidate. There are people for another candidate. They're very vocal about who they're for. So as a pastor, I'm thinking, all right, I get both of these sides. And how can I use wisdom to, 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 to bridge this and say it's better than this and it's better than that? It's just it's better than both of these. It's, it's bigger than this. You know, Ephesians, Paul addresses this to the church in, in Ephesus. He says it like this. He says for, in Ephesians 2.14, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united, keyword, united Jews and Gentiles into one people. Can you go to that slide for me? Thank you. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. So God gave his life to break down walls of division. In this case, he's, he's comparing it to Jews and Gentiles, two different belief systems, two, two people that are, are opposites in many ways. I mean, he, he, he bridged the gap between us and God. That's the most important gap. But he also began to bridge the gap between other people. And he said, because of the cross, he broke down the wall of, of hostility that separated us. How many of you guys know there's a wall of hostility in our nation, right? You could feel it. You could sense it. Social media, the comments, what we feel, and, you know, what I feel is more important than what you feel. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, get, get overzealous about something, and we, we, we ruin it. We put walls up. He's saying he broke those down. He's trying to help us to, be, to look beyond that. He did this by ending the system of law with his commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating himself one new people from two, group, two groups. So he says, it's not this, it's not that, it's better than that. We're going to be one. We're going to go beyond that. We're going to rise above. We're going to, we're going to live a way that's, that's different, that's going to be unique. He goes on to say this, together as one body, and this is, this is I hope our prayer for our church, together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to the Gentiles. This is, this is what you always have to remember. There's always good news in the middle of whatever we find ourselves. When we're separated, when there's hostility, when there's division, when things are going on, there's always good news. There's always some news that's better than whatever you're facing. It's better than that. He brought the good news to the peace of the Gentiles who were far from, from him and peace to the Jews who were near him. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So it's the good news is this, that the church of Jesus Christ cannot be stopped. The enemy will try, but he made the promise to the disciples. It says that, that, that the, the, the gates of hell cannot prevail. Like They will not be able to stop the church of Jesus Christ on the earth. No matter what laws pass, no matter what happens and takes place, the church of God will continue to move forward. It, we're beyond any government. We're beyond any, any ethnic group. The church of God is, is a family. It is the kingdom of God is bigger and stronger and better, and it's going to last and here's the thing, no matter how dark it gets, God will use even those things that we, don't, we hope they don't happen to build his kingdom and help people connect to him. He owes whatever it takes. So when it comes to the government, I think as Americans, it's our job to vote. It's our job to pass these so that we can, we can um, 
help our future generations to have, be, be a nation that has free speech, that a nation to be able to continue to worship and, 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 and love others and to care for others. But, but we can't mistake the role of the church and the role of the government. Like we can't mistake those two. I think sometimes, especially a lot of Christians, they'll get on, on the bandwagon of, well, politics is going to change everything and bring people to God. No, politics won't. Politics doesn't have that ability. When the government feeds people, which is important, they should feed people, people are fed. But when the church does their job, our job, broken hearts are healed. I don't know what you want, food or broken hearts to be healed. Because the real issue is a sin issue. It's a, it's a brokenness problem. It's, it's us separated from God. That's the real issue. And if we can solve that, then, we, then, then we, we can make a bigger difference. In fact, we cannot stop sin without winning the lost. No, no law you passed, it can slow down you know, the, 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 the decline uh, of morality in our country. It'll slow it down with laws, but it's not going to change somebody's heart. No law that you pass is going to change somebody's heart. Only God can change somebody's heart. And who does he use? He uses us to be the people that bring that good news to others, to, to say there's something better than that for you in your life. So legislation can slow it down, which is important. That's why we should vote. But it cannot change really things for eternity for, for a long period of time. Eventually, now we, we see it. The morality of our country is slowly declining, and we make decisions according to what feels good and what, what's, mo- what's good for us now. We've, for too long, we've borrowed from our future generations, right? So we're trillions of dollars in debt, which means we're borrowing from our future generations. Like my son is going to always have that debt because we keep borrowing more and more from them instead of just trying to figure out what's going on. And there'll be a day where we'll have to pay that back. There'll, there'll be a day where it stops because we can no longer borrow money. And that's not good. That's not healthy. We keep borrowing. We keep borrowing. So what's going to change that in, in our lives? You know, voting helps, helps that process. But I think the better thing we could focus on is saying, how can we win people to God, to Christ? That no matter what takes place, no, what, no matter what happens, there's something better than that. See, because God has a better dream than the American dream for your life. It's a good dream. American dream is it's a great country. We've, a lot of good things have happened. But even as good as that dream is, God has a better dream for you. He has better purpose and better plan and a better vision for your life. If you will tap into it and say, God, help me to see the way you see. Who am I? And what am I doing here? Like this week, who am I? What am I doing here? Well, if your filter is only I'm a Republican or I'm, I'm a Democrat or I'm an in, in, uh, Independent or I'm a Green Party, if that's your filter and that's who I am, then you're going to be really disappointed on Tuesday if, if your person doesn't win. And if your person does win, you're going to be really happy. But your, your friend across the street might not be. So how can, how can you rise above that and say, what's better than this? How can I be a person that represents Christ to others? How can I love those that, that think different than me, that vote different than me? that are different than me. And really, they're not that, that different. We learned last week and the last few weeks. What can we do? So here's my challenge for this week, for you, all right? My challenge is this. Choose the high road, all right? Choose the high road. When somebody comes in and they begin to bash whatever, they begin to say something that you don't agree with, choose the high road. Don't respond with a, with a malicious uh, text or, or message on Facebook like, yeah, you're a jerk. I hate you. You can all burn. You know, that's not going to help anybody. That's going to just ruin your relationships and and, and it's going to fade away. In another four years, we'll have this whole thing over again, right? And one party, one thing, and hopefully we'll learn from this and we begin to change. I, I'm hoping that in, through this election that the media will learn they really don't have that much power as much as they think they do because it's very obvious what they're trying to do. Saying, I, I think people can see through all that. We can, we can pick up on it. The younger generation, I'm not so sure about. I think they believe everything that's out there. So younger generation, don't believe everything that's out there. Uh, what you post, what you see on media, uh, on social media, if your friend posts it, and I see even 
I'm, I won't go that far. Friends that I have on Facebook, they'll post stuff, and it's like totally false. And I'm like, oh, why, why'd you post that? You should go research that. Like, just do a couple of digs, and you'll find that's not even true. It, it makes us look really bad when somebody posts something that's not true, and then it comes out, and they don't even take it off their Facebook. Like, oh well, I, I'm glad it's not true. They leave it. You're like, come on, you're just promoting more evil. So don't get pulled into the fights or arguments that will only divide more. Your family for for the holidays, for your coworkers, your neighbors. Don't get pulled in that. Take, take the higher road. Say, you know what? There's something better than this. God has bigger plans than all this. Be a good winner or be a good loser. Whatever happens this Tuesday, would you just go in saying, I'm going to love people no matter what. And this week, I'm going to trust God to do good in the middle of this. Here's the good news, all right? Um, more and more people around our state, our city, um, are joining together to pray. I'm a part of some pastor networks, and pastors are getting, more, are getting together more than they've ever had before to pray. Uh, we're we're going to be a part of a church of a network. It's called New Mexico Praise. Um, we're going to have prayer 24 hours a day for our state and for our, for our communities, which is awesome. That's never happened in New Mexico before. Uh, so there's going to be churches, and I'm praying that our church will be one of those. If you have that desire, you can talk to me. 2017, we'll pick a day of the month, and there'll be, tw- there'll be tw- the 24 of us that will pray for an hour a day for, our, for the, the, the things that we're agreeing upon as a network. It's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm so excited for that. So even though things might not look all that good sometimes on the outside, what's happening behind the scenes, what's happening that we don't see is amazing. And God is still God, and he has good plans for us no matter what takes place. So don't, don't lose focus. Rise above the noise. Uh, don't let things dis, dis, discourage you, distract you. All right? Um, for, for you that are here today, you're not a Christian. You've come. Uh, you, you know, in the middle of this, you sense, you know, you, you might have a sense like, okay, our world is crazy. Things are going on. And I would say, yes, it is. And, and no political person is going to solve that craziness in your world. It's, it's not possible. They can't. It's beyond them. Um, but God can. And if you're new, if you're here and you're looking for answers, you're looking for hope, can I tell you, you came to the best place ever? God has good plans for your life. You know, there, there's a lot of things we can look into um, to bring fulfillment and satisfaction in our life that never bring that. Politics is one of them, but there's other stuff like drugs and alcohol that we turn to. And we look for, for things to solve our issues and our problems, and those things never will. But I believe the reason you're here today is because God is saying, but I can. There's something better for your life that I have for you. And as you come today, my prayer has been for you is that I want to introduce you to something that's better than anything that you've ever maybe known before. It's better than the blue, it's better than the red. It's better than the drugs, it's better than the alcohol, it's better than the sex. His way is so much better than those things that we try to fill our lives with that will never satisfy. And can I, can I challenge you today, before you leave, would you, would you make a decision to say, God, I want what you have for my life. The Bible says that when, when we acknowledge that we are lost without God, like he's paying attention, he listens. And we acknowledge when, when, that we've sinned and we've broken his commandments and we're divided and separated from him, he hears and he forgives us those things. And, it's, and not just that, then he extends hands of relationship and says, now come be my son, be my daughter. And today God is reaching out to you saying, would you be my son, would you be my daughter? And don't lose sight of that. So let's do, do me a favor. Would you, as we close service, would you close your eyes and bow your head today? If you're here today and you recognize that you need God in your life, that you're, you're separated, the enemy has divided you from God and he's been dividing you from others. And today you say, I want something better, I want something more. I acknowledge that today. If that's you, would you do me a favor? Just raise your hand. Awesome. I see your hands. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer in your seat there. Anybody else? You hear Dave say, 
and I need God's help. Awesome. I see those hands. For all of you to raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Just a simple prayer, acknowledging, saying, God, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to be in relationship with you. It's a, it's a statement of faith saying, God, I believe that what you did on that cross for me works today in my life. So while you raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? If you're a Christ follower, you want to join us in that prayer, so not praying alone, do it. So if you raise your hand, say this. Say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I need your help, that I am lost without you. I do not want to put my hope in anybody but you. I want to live for you. Forgive me my sin. Make me a new person. I believe you died on that cross for me. And that you have a better way for me. Help me to walk in that way. Lead me and guide me. Ask for your peace. For your friendship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.